And it's an absolute pleasure. Spencer, how have you been? Hi. Um, it's Everything's been good. A lot of growing, learning, and just been auditioning, really. Yeah. It's been a busy time, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, but that, I feel like now it's like an adult lifestyle at this point that things are just going to pop up and you just kind of have to roll with it, which is a good thing and I think being an actor we're kind of used to that already yeah I think we are better with with change and not knowing because that's kind of all our job is really (laughs) yeah yeah the not knowing yeah (laughs) I I was trying to find a different job but I didn't have one and my husband was like are you like stressed out? I'm like, no, I don't ever really have a job. <laughs> like I'm always trying to find a job. So it's not stressful. And he's like, oh, okay. And then it just comes and you just have to be patient. Also, could you imagine being in the same job for like 20 years? I really couldn't imagine. No, but then like some people love that and they dream of that. Like yes. my mom does an incredibly rewarding job and she's so good at it. But she like loves the consistency of it she loves knowing what she's going into and she loves that she knows she's going to be there a long time and she's like settled but for yeah. me I'm like the complete opposite I'm like oh no I don't want to do that for too long I want to do this I want to do this I want to do this and I'm just like the complete polar opposite I suppose in terms of approach in in career but for that that's what she really wants and she loves so it's um it's crazy it. isn't it yeah absolutely <laughs> But we were literally just saying before this podcast started, like obviously how busy we've been and we always are quite busy because you always, as an actor, like you always keep yourself quite proactive and busy. Like even in the times where there's not a lot of auditions happening, you know, you're going to the gym, you're taking class, you're writing to people, like you're making content, you're putting stuff out into the world. And there's like a lot of things that you do in that time. So you always keep yourself really busy. But then there are times where there's like, you're just constantly auditioning and it goes from it being like no work and you focusing on yourself and what you feel you need to do to be proactive and it being like a bit of a drought in terms of there's no self-tapes coming through there's no auditions popping up to then it being the complete other end of the spectrum of like you're really busy so everything happens all at once and it's just the best type of chaos but it's chaos (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, I definitely had that experience last month and we could talk about that. I had like eight auditions and actors access was not working and people were like, I'm not going to be able to submit my audition. Like, what am I going to do? And casting directors were like, Hey, don't worry about it. Like we'll kind of move back um, the submission time. I'm like, you know what? I just want to get this stuff done. And I wasn't at home when I got all of these auditions. So I was at like, 
I was at my pre-COVID house and I had to like have a little, that was like a little PTSD moment. I'm like, oh God, remember when that happened and you had to do auditions like down in the basement and hopefully like my husband's uh, mom didn't walk down the stairs and say, do you want something for dinner? And I'm like, I'm just, okay, no, I'm okay. And I'm trying to do a self-tape and you're like, oh, that was a really good cut. (laughs) um but yeah so I had to do that and it was just a little crazy and I'm really grateful I had my small like ring light that I carry with me every time I travel I now um travel with like a little it kind of looks like a tablecloth kind of tablecloth-ish but it's like a little bigger than than this and you can just like hang it up behind you and you have like a nice little backdrop so you don't have to worry about is there, is a backdrop, like, are there shadows? Are there paintings? Just make sure it's, like, really super simple and quick um, so you're not trying to, like, find a perfect spot and, like, focus on not having that place to do that audition instead of just focusing on the material in itself, which is what you should be focusing on. But sometimes I hold on to that, and I'm like, it's not right. The setup's not right. It doesn't look good. Um but you have to focus on the actual acting part of it too. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really important point. Sometimes, as well, especially when you're on a job, sometimes you're like away from home. You're sometimes staying in a hotel or an apartment, depending on what they've put you up in or what you've arranged for yourself in terms of digs. But yeah. trying to know what you need to take with you for those jobs so that you're still out auditioning because before you know it that contract will be over and you need to be doing something else so it's like you've always got to be thinking about the next thing but before that you need to think about how you get the next thing when you're already on a job and like that's the bit that I I think back to like earlier in my career when I had the fortunate opportunity of like going away and I was put because it was like end of it was still middle of the pandemic but we thought it was the end of the pandemic at the time uh we thought wrong um but we we got sent away and I remember I stayed in a holiday inn for five days because that's where the production put me up they put me up in a holiday inn for five days and um it was like three hours away from my actual home and I thought oh my gosh like I'm thinking back I didn't take any of the stuff with me that now I would be like okay they're the first things I need to pack because if I have any auditions come up while I'm away I'm gonna be slightly slightly scuppered if I don't take anything with me but back then I was like no I'll just take my jammies and a toothbrush and like my makeup bag and like it was very bare minimum I didn't think about what I might need for the next thing after it I was just so busy being like "Ah, I've got a job um I didn't think about it and I didn't at that point in my career it was okay because I I was starting out and I didn't really have any other things that were going to be coming up to audition for while I was away um but yeah, now I think, gosh, there'd be a lot of things that I'd have to think about and consider more now, at my, where my career is at now, than than back then. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of nuts. Yeah. Because some days I still feel like I'm that that Beth, the like three years prior, not getting oh, anywhere, starting out. Yeah. And some days you still have that like moment of like oh, I'm just a beginner. And then some days you're like, blimey heck, I've been doing this and oh, good old time. Um, but I've, I've nearly been graduated four years. How crazy is that? 
24 not, years. I'll be, it'll be five years for me and I want to throw up. Like, the wrinkles are coming in. Crazy. It feels like it was such a big part of my life as well. Like, it feels like all I can... Like, training was, like, this huge part. But actually, it's gradually... And I still feel like I've only just left. But, like, <laughs> then there are moments where I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, it was a really long time ago. Like, we didn't even have a class. We had one class on doing a self-tape in my whole three years. One class. Oh, we didn't have that either. We had no, we had no recollection of self-tape. It was all, like, in-person audition. But, like, they didn't talk about that until, like, the last semester. Yeah. Um, and it was like, you know, there should have been a class about, like, like uh, the unions and everything, just so you know what's happening or how to find an agent or, like, I think every actor should take a business class because yes. you are a business. Right. I say this to people all the time starting out. Like, there was someone the other day when I was on a job and they're still in training and they were saying, oh, they've seen this job and it looks like a really good job. I'm like, but would it be worthwhile though? And that's the difference between the, the mentality of like the starting out because you get trained to to be a performer. But at the end of the day, you are a business and you have to work out what's viable, what isn't, what needs to go on your tax returns, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you think about it, once you've been in the industry a while, you start thinking about it a totally different way. Um, it's and not, it's really it's interesting. Not. But I, I wonder if it's because the people in, like, my department were, all like, they, were, they definitely had done a lot of things, and they were just a lot older. So the, the industry just changes and changes really quickly, but we're also, like, very behind, like, technology-wise, but we're still, like, advanced. It's weird. Like, we're in, like, this weird position. Um, but I wonder if it's because they're a lot older and they need like they needed younger professors to kind of hey give that information like hey like they're doing self tapes now or just so you know yeah they're not like I mean I remember when I if I could find the first self tape I ever did <laughs> I still think back to the one I that I did. Oh my god it, it would it would. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. Like, the lighting was so bad. Like, I, you just had no idea. And that was really before, like, the ring light came out. I Maybe, you know, actually, I'm lying. I'm lying. I think I had that. I think I had a film. I was, like, doing, like, a short film or something. And the director was like, hey, you really need to have this. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I wish you were our professor. And God. <laughs> But then you you also have to realize when when you're young and you're looking at colleges and uh, education, it's like, what do you want? Like, do you want to be a really good dancer? Is there a dance program really strong to help like bring you into that? Do you how many times do you take a dance class a week? Yeah. Because we only had like I think twice. It was like twice a week. I wish it was more. Oh, see, we were very heavily dance-based, but not a lot of acting and singing. It was, like, the other oh, way. Oh, we were... Oh, that's nuts. I'm... We were really... We were trained really heavy in acting. Like, I... I left my program feeling like, okay, I know how to act. Like, I am covered in that aspect, which is great. But, like, some... I was, like, one of the... Um, I was a, I was a dancer, but I'm like now I'm like I'm so behind because I'm not really a dancer. Dancer, I can't kick my head, like leg to my head. 
I can I can do my choreography. I can. It just takes me like a hot second. And I think not being in that, like taking class all the time, you kind of lose it. Sad, sad enough. Yeah. No. You. It's true. You do. And I didn't realize, you know, how quick you you lost things because the first part of my career. I was so focused on needing to get money when I graduated that I ended up teaching six days a week, you know, and I didn't have any time. Well, I thought I didn't have any time. Now looking back at it, I was like, oh, I had loads of time. What was I messing around at? Um, Now that I run a business and do like tons of other things. But, you know, um, it's funny that you, you look back and you were like, oh, okay, I used to work six days a week not doing what I actually wanted to do and still thought I was doing that and still thought I was yeah. doing enough. But now I yeah. look at what I do and I'm like, no, now I'm actually doing what I should now be doing. doing that is so interesting. I did the same thing. Like I had like a lot of college loans and I wanted to pay them off like right away. And I did and I worked day and night and I will never be a server again because of that because it was just way too it's just bad and if you're a server out there god bless you because I couldn't handle it um but it paid off my loan really quickly um but I was working all the time and I felt like I I really wasn't putting as much time into auditioning I think as I should have been because I was so focused on like making money and like that's what you're supposed to do like you graduate you try to make money and you try to do the audition thing at the same time and that's not hard you kind of have to pick yeah it's it's difficult and it's a difficult thing to balance and I'd say do what makes you feel happiest and stress-free because I know all my teachers were like no you need to like go straight out and start taking class you need to move to London straight away and I just knew that wasn't where my head was at. I knew I needed a little bit of space first. And I still knew I wanted to do this, but I needed to pay my way. I didn't ever want to be reliant or be stressed about money because money is one thing that I always stress about like the most and it really affects me. So I knew if I didn't have enough money, I was going to make myself ill with stress and with worry. So I just needed to confirm how much I was getting so that you know I could just pay my way because I knew that would make me happy and then I'd be able to feel like I could go into other stuff but I knew starting out that wasn't the way so if you know that it's not going to work for you the way that teachers are preaching please feel free to like do your own thing do your own path do what you need to you feel you need to do because not everyone is in the same position as you and will understand the mentality you have no and I I really believe like you don't need to move to like a major city no you don't as soon as you graduate I I mean self-tapes are prevalent right now uh, and we're having a writer's strike in the United in the States so there's not gonna be a lot of like film TV coming out very soon so there's like no auditions for that at the moment so you have like time to when you graduate make some money kind of put some stuff away so when you are auditioning and you're like I can't work as much because I'm doing all these auditions you have that lump of cash so you're not strapped because I'm the same way as you Bethany I'm like very stressed out about money too um, I, I really believe you don't have to move to a major city right away and you don't have to move to New York to be an actor you can go somewhere else you can literally and do I'm it sure anywhere in London. yeah 
Yeah, yeah, everyone says it. You have to go to London, and it's so not true. There is so much regional work, and there is so much going on all up and down the country, and especially like up north and in the Midlands now, because it's so much cheaper to make productions happen. Um, yeah. So definitely, like you can do it anywhere. It's just knowing where to look. That's the main thing that I think people struggle with. But if you are graduating, I would recommend taking the time to research business marketing social media because you've had the technique your teachers have all taught you that but they don't teach you how to actually work in this business and that's a a whole different ball game that I failed and flopped and I would go back and do so differently now I mean everything has worked out the way it has done for a reason believe that I wouldn't actually take it all back but knowing what I know now I would go back and train myself in so many other aspects so that when I hit third year I was ready to actually market myself as a professional in the industry, which I didn't know how to do back then. Yeah. What's one thing that you wish that you did? Oh. Not being so afraid of what it might look like. Uh, And what, what I mean by that is I was starting out my social media in my third year, only on Instagram because TikTok back in the day wasn't a thing um it's yeah I feel so old saying that um but I was really self-conscious about what other people would think about me getting on video and me like pretending that I was like marketing and like in business I was really self-conscious about oh I don't know that stuff like, no, pretend, fake it till you make it. Like, act like you know what they're doing. They're missing a trick if they don't do that. Like, you just trust you. And I was really self-conscious about how it looked. But the sooner you make those mistakes and jump in and fail and fall flat on your face and put out rubbish content and, you know, do all that stuff, the quicker you're going to grow and develop. And yeah, the quicker you'd have, I mean, back then, it would have really, like, taking it to another level because it was so much easier to grow back then. So I really wish that I told myself, no, it's okay. Don't be self-conscious. Keep doing what you're doing. Do it even more. Learn how to do it properly. Like just keep going with it. It's a skill. And the business and marketing side and learning about social media, like people used to think I was a really nerd for reading like a a, a personal development book. And like... Yeah. And like they used to think it was really... They used to think it was really weird that I was interested in, like, business. They thought I was, like, going to leave the industry and do business. And I'm like, no, that's what this industry is. But I never had the guts to to say how I felt and be, like, proud and stick to it. So I wish I yeah, could go, yeah. myself, go back and tell myself, like, no, be who you are, know what you're doing, and go for it even more. Because you're, you're your own CEO and... In all aspects, you're your own marketing department, you're your own HR department, you are your own like uh, recruiter. Like you're recruiting jobs for yourself, so you're a recruiter for your business. Yeah. That, what would, that what would you What would you tell yourself if you could go back? If I, well, I think it's something I would have done. I would have, I would have had my audition book a lot more specific. So, like, you have, like, your binder of your songs and everything, and I always felt like 
I didn't have like a good grouping of songs that I could just have an audition for each show. And it wasn't like, I have to learn a new song for this show because I have nothing. Or like, you feel like you have nothing, but you do. It's like going into a closet and you're like, I have nothing to wear. And you kind of just, you do have things to wear, but you have to kind of mix and match. Like you have to put a, a, you have to have a little, you have to layer. You have to do a little sweater vest. You have, you have your little sweater. You have a jacket, and then you have your hat. Like you have to layer these things. And I felt like when I, our our program really didn't focus on auditioning as much, and it blows my mind because that's what we do. Like that's the main that's the main job of an actor is to audition. You're going to be auditioning more than you are doing an actual show so I believe um unless you're like super lucky and you book phantom and they're on for like 35 years and you don't age (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's Uh, extremely rare though I think for most actors I want to say like over 95 percent will know that their main job is auditioning (laughs) yeah I wish I had a like a just a main book of songs that I was like really comfortable in um and I could kind of go for every show. And now that I have them, I feel a lot better. It's like 16 songs of, and I can make a list of them and we can share it with everyone. But it's just a list of a certain kind of songs that kind of just go for every every show that's going on right now. Unless they ask for a specific, like, they ask for like a Michael Jackson song. I don't have that in my book, but I have something like that. So... It kind of it just makes it a lot easier, and you don't have to like waste time learning a new song and just feeling really comfortable in the work that you do, um, and that you can bring to the room. Definitely, and I think sometimes when you try and fit everything, you then end up fitting nothing because yeah, you know, I mean. Valerie Hubbard, if you don't follow her, she's on TikTok. She's amazing. She's an acting coach. I went to one of her seminars at the Actors Pro uh, event and I went in and she was like, if you try and be what everyone wants, you will be what no one wants. Like if you go into a store because you've got an ant problem, are you going to get the one that gets rid of all insects or are you going to pick the one that says gets rid of ants? Like you're going to pick that one, right? Because you don't have problems with the lice or, you know, bed bugs or anything like that you want it don't talk about life Stephanie (laughs) sorry (laughs) I forgot about that sorry subject (laughs) but um you know it's it's just you you have to have like a bit of a niche being versatile is great but there's a point where you like open yourself up too much that no one knows who you are and what you stand for and I think it's the same with rep if you try and expand too much then you lose sight of like what you're comfortable with who you are and the casting team don't know where to like place you because there's too much yeah. going on. Exactly. Exactly. Hundred percent agree. So you've got your shoot coming up this weekend for Limelight. Are you excited? Yes. Yes, I'm so excited. We have like someone coming in like to do touch up for makeup. We're having like thirty people um, come from like our full. I don't know, just our community and just wants to help um, talk about Limelight and then we'll have photos like for the website, for our Instagram, for like, all of our socials. And I will finally have, like if I, um, I was like, reach, people were reaching out to me about doing things like in a blog and they're like, hey, like do you have photos of what you guys do? And I'm like, 
no. So we have that now. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, so it'll be really fun. And Jordan Eagle, she, I just like was talking about it on social media, just like, I think we talked about this before, just how someone was just like, you know, um, I don't think what you're doing makes sense. I don't think it's a good idea. And I'm like, okay, well, screw you, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And, and, but I hear what, I hear what you're saying and you're not in our industry and, but I am open to criticism. Like if there's something in your industry and you were like, you know, I don't think that really makes sense. Okay, great. Let me have a think on it. But if this is like what I believe in fully, then I'm going to do what I need to do. So I was just talking about that on social and Jordan reached out to me and she was like, Hey, I'm a photographer and if you need anything, like, please let me know. And I was like, Hey, we actually need like a brand, like more brand photos. And she was like, yeah, let me help you. So we just decided that she was going to do like, uh, we can't pay anyone. So the actors would get like $250, like towards a headshot, um, refresh session with her. So it's only $250, like, to get your headshots redone. That's great. That's, like, super inexpensive. That's, like, um, euro-wise, like, 180, no, maybe, maybe 235 euros for a headshot session, which is great. I mean, in New York, it's, like, $1,000 for your headshots. So it's just, I wanted to give them something instead of, like, not being able to pay, like, these actor models for something and we're just going to talk about the industry and celebrating that the audition season is kind of over and that summer's coming up and just kind of bringing our community together which I'm so excited about so like because it's all over like social media and over an app like I don't really get to meet anyone face to face yet so it's going to be really nice like hug some people and just be around everyone that's going to be lovely. And please don't forget, there's going to be a painting on the wall behind and you're going to Photoshop my face onto the I painting. I absolutely will. So I'm involved. Yes. <laughs> if we had enough money, I'd fly you out, but we don't. Yeah. If I had enough money, I'd fly me out, but uh, I don't. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen, I'm afraid. I really wish it would. I really want to come to America, so. Fingers crossed. Yeah, come. Come, it's fun. It's oh, easy to say. of America, I just saw Bad Cinderella. Did you? How was it? Yeah. <laughs> You're funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think through all of the social media, everyone was like, it's so bad. Or like people leaving like during intermission, which I have never done. And money's important to me, so I'm just going to stick it out if it's not that good. But it was... I thought it was great. It was really funny. It was really campy, and I don't think everyone was, pre- like, prepared for the campiness and, like, how silly it is. Um, but the costumes were just insane. Uh, and the leads were great. And the ensemble, there was, like, 15 Broadway debuts in that ensemble. And everyone was amazing. Like, I mean, just incredible, incredible. So, I don't think it's the best brand show. I don't think it's going to win a Tony for that. Um, but I do think the ensemble was just fabulous. The choreography was awesome and just super fun. Mm. Like, don't go there if you want a, like a really serious 
Broadway musical. It's just like, just go if you want to have a couple drinks, have a good time with your friends, and like, that's it. Like, there should be like, after you see the show, you should probably go dancing after. Oh, like, that's okay. kind of the vibe. It's like a nice little like pregame, and then you just go out and like go dancing or something. I never saw it when it was on over here, but obviously there was a massive controversy about it because of ever how everything ended. So as yeah, long as they're yeah, treating yeah. their actors better, that's my main concern, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I They seem like they're being treated well, I guess. I just hope that they don't. I just don't think he could do it again. Like, he could end it like that, like how he ended, like how he ended it at the West, and I don't think he could do that here. Because that would just be crazy. I don't know if there was any... Um, my my problem with with it was there was very little once they'd realized what happened there wasn't yeah. a great apology there really there That's really wasn't crazy it wasn't like oh i've done something wrong here i need to hold be accountable and hold my hands up and say i'm sorry which you should always do i think you know if i ever do something really wrong i always put my hands up and be like that that's on me that's my fault you know it's not an easy thing to do but you do it um but yeah sometimes i feel like you apologize too much though i do (laughs) but when it's like affecting other people's lives i feel like probably over that's valid that's Um, valid (laughs) so like i do um but yeah, I just couldn't believe the, like, lack of empathy. Pretty crazy. It was just... Yeah. I get, you know, he's got other things going on and family stuff, and obviously I appreciate that there's a lot going on right now as well. Um, but I hope they're being treated better. I hope lessons have been learnt, even if they weren't necessarily dealt with in the best way. Yeah. I really hope well, that someone, they don't do that. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I... I guess I, I made a video about it and someone was like, um, I saw it in the UK. It's This one's really good. And the choreography, I loved. Um, but it's just like, it was giving me a Pantos vibe. Yeah. And I was like, okay. But then, not being from the UK, I really didn't know what that was. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, love that. <laughs> Yeah, Panto's a whole other You talk about it, and I'm like, what is that? So I think for the American listeners, I think you need to talk about it. Okay, Panto, let's do it. Because it is a huge part of the UK industry. Basically, every Christmas, pretty much every actor and dancer will be going into a Panto. That's just, they're up and down the country. Panto is is pantomime. What does it stand for? It's pantomime. So it's... um, It's very, it's normally like a kid's story. So like Jack and the Beanstalk or Aladdin or um, Mother Goose or other really popular ones that I can't think of. Cinderella, those kind of things. There's a lot of, it's all, so much of it's audience participation um there's often improv and ad lib where the actors take the mick out of each other or do things on stage that they're not meant to do um it's always a massive massive thing like at christmas you go to the fam you go with your family to the christmas pantomime it's like quite a tradition for people to go and do that 
um, pantomime, the kids love it, and it's all like, he's behind you, and like, they, they really oh, get involved. Cute. It is adorable. It's not for everyone, it's a huge ball of cheese. Um, some people love it because they love that it goes wrong and the actors ad lib and they take the Mickey and you know they yeah. they have is, lots is it kind of, of is it kind of like a play that goes wrong? Kind of, but with more they involve the audience a lot more and stuff. I They'll see. take the Mick out I of see. audiences like during the show. Um, there's yeah. always a, like a dame that's played by a man who's dressed up as a woman, and there's always like oh. random things that are happening all the time. Um, and it's a really great gig and obviously they can run normally from early December sometimes mid-November through till January so it's like a good chunk of time and they always have a bums on seats name playing the lead normally everywhere so like someone from a boy band 10 years ago will come and do it you know and old Britain's Got Talent when I will come do it and they'll be like the, the, the big name of the show kind of the lead thing um, but yeah it's amazing and there are some bigger ones that are really prestigious like huge ones like at the London Palladium and um, Wembley Theatre you know all those they're your big ones really um, and then there's there's a lot smaller ones that run kind of regionally um, but it's panto audition season right now which is crazy because those contracts don't start for months but they love having people secured so all the big names will have been secured by April latest like all the big names who are going to be headlining there might be one or two latecomers uh, May, June time but by July they'll be booked in they'll they'll know um, yeah, yeah. and then so yeah I'm starting doing some ensemble some dancers because they have their own set of dancers who just like do the dancing and the lifts and they make it look good then there's also the lead roles. So I'm, I'm going for a mixture this season. We'll see how it goes. But the first one starts on Friday. So I'm going to that on Friday. Um, and we'll see what we can get our hands on. Last year I did obviously Tamworth. And it was quite a long contract. Um, we started rehearsals for it in the first week of October. And I'm not going to lie, by Christmas I was like, I'm done with yeah. jingle bells. And I was done with Christmas. And I was like... <laughs> I was ready for I'm he's right. behind you to stop being my every move. Because anytime I told anyone I was in Panto, they were like, he's behind you. I'm like, yeah, I know, and, and done. Um, but I love Panto. It's just such a magical, a magical experience. It's a lot of kids' first experience of theatre ever because the kids... Oh, that's really cool. The parents love it because there's adult jokes in there that the kids don't get. And, like, it's just a really nice thing for all the family. There's lots of pop songs in there that are some, like, musical theatre-esque a lot of the time. And it's just a huge production and there's costumes and there's glitter and there's sets and there's, you know. Oh, glitter, I'm in. There's, I'm there's lots of things and it's just a wonderful, wonderful time. But this year I'm definitely looking to have a short contract so I can do more things around it because I've got loads of pantos on my CV because they're going to keep cropping up every year. So I'm less about getting a really long one and more about what I can get around it as well. Um, I do want to do yeah, a panto because yeah. I love panto. It's just a really lovely time at Christmas. Um, and it's a good gig, you know. You get paid well. It's a nice chunk of money. It's a nice length contract. Um, so yeah, yeah. definitely going to be seeing what I can get this year in terms of, like, value for me, what I feel like and what is the best deal. Yeah. I'm definitely going for that. Last year, it was, like, secure anything. I just want to know that I've got something. Whereas this year, I'm like, right, let's let's see what I can get, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's be specific on what I want. And when you're auditioning, do you have to audition with the Christmas song? 
Oh no, so um, most of the time it'll be pop songs that are in there. They're very, they'll be the odd Christmas thing maybe, but it tends to be pop songs um, that kind of come in. Do they tell you like what to, what to bring or do they say, hey, just like bring a pop song, 32 bars? They normally say either an upbeat contemporary musical theatre or um, a modern day pop song. They don't like the old pop songs because they're not going to be relevant. They want stuff people can sing along to, get involved right. with, have a bit of a boogie to. Um, so yeah, I think that's where a lot of theatre etiquette kind of issues come in because people sometimes go to shows and act like they're at a panto rather than at a show. They like join in and they like boo people and like talk and have a dance and sing along and it's like no 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 that's panto but you're at a theatre production where we've paid to see the professionals do it so I think sometimes that's where a little bit it gets a little bit blurred um but panto is wonderful and it's magical and if anyone comes over here you'll know about audition season so go for it go do the pantos because it is a really great gig and it's good fun at Christmas to have like you do see the cast more than you see family so it's good to have like a little Christmas cast. It's nice. Oh, cute. I love that. Okay, so that that makes sense to why she said it's giving Panto's vibes because yes. it's so campy. It's like just like people are coming out of like the woodwork. It's cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah, does that explain why she might have said that? Because like people seem absolutely a bit slapstick. What a bit. you literally described exactly. What you literally described is the show. Okay, yeah, that's probably it then. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you, I just saw the, um, on social, the Guys and Dolls, who I, I love Guys and Dolls. Did you, in the West End, and after they do, like, a party, like, it's a, like, you go on the stage and you, like, dance with them. Did you see that? No. Yeah, like, it's, like, the after like the hot box is done you like go on to the hot box and it's like a like a club no not heard of that we'll be researching look at it's crazy it's, it <laughs> looks really great it's it's a cool concept because it's a it's, it is in a hot box like you're at a club so why not yeah and you're bringing back crucible for you guys i just saw that too yeah I'm not, I've not kept up to date with a lot of the theatre news, um, but there's a lot of stuff that's coming. There's a lot of stuff that's just starting out. I'm excited for SpongeBob because that's been over Broadway, but it's never come here before. And they're just starting a tour of it now. So I definitely want to go see that. I like that. And you guys have this other one, the British Bake Off. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I've not booked tickets yet to go and see it. Um, again, I think that was rumoured to be almost Panto-esque. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sure I saw something somewhere that it might have been a really harsh critic who reviewed it and said it was like Panto style, but... Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it could be like cute with like the way... I mean, the show's great. Um, I watch whenever I'm having like a sad day because like, <laughs> I do, I do. It's so good. And I... I think, I mean, I'm sure I cry, like, every episode. Um, but the, the, <laughs> that's so stupid. Um, but when they're, like, making the things and you see each uh, 
contestant like having a relationship with each person it's so beautiful because I think over in the U.S. all of like our cooking shows are like very like competitive and everyone's like mean to each other and Rich Bake Off is like very friendly (laughs) and and, like they're like oh like my grand like she makes this and she kind of reminds me of my grand so I'll just hang out with her and help her like when her cake is like a mess and you're like oh my god that's so nice yeah yeah that's kind of what we as British are like to be fair that's very much what what we, what we do I just didn't realize you watched that in America like I thought that would just be in I didn't think you'd watch oh. it over there oh my god so many people watch British baking show I you know I don't know if like my me and my family just love British TV I don't really know but my parents love British baking show and they love everything else I mean they're like, oh, have you watched, what was the show you just talked about with the casting director? Um, Ted Lasso? Ted Lasso and... Broadchurch? Uh, no, 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 no. no, what was the show? Oh my God, it's good. Oh, Broadchurch. Yeah. Obsessed. They're obsessed. They're obsessed. I mean, they watched, I think they rewatched it like three times. <laughs> it's like, all right, we know what happens at the end. We understand. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people in America that watch British Baking Show. I think it might do better here on Broadway than it would in the UK. Potentially, yeah. You know, do you, did you guys have Come From Away? Yes. In West End? Yes. So good. So good. Honestly, that was the most beautiful piece of theatre I think I've ever watched in my life. Correct. Correct. That's, this is why we're friends. Yes absolutely it was stunning it was beautiful I watched it again on Apple TV not that long ago I just sat there and that is something I cry all the way through without a doubt because it's just so beautiful the talent from that cast how they switch between accents like like that I mean we were saying earlier accents are hard right and we need a bit of time to get into it and they are just like masters there is so little on stage and yet you can see everything you understand what's going on like it's so beautifully put together the cast the crew the creatives it's magical and I am so gutted that it's closed because I think more people need to see it I think it's heading out on a yeah. union tour um I know yeah, there's, a, there's a non-union tour of it going on that's what that was an audition I had to do was it oh my gosh yeah 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 yeah, yeah that was one of the submissions that I was asked to do which was it really great and I'm like I love the show so I feel like when I have an emotional connection to a show yeah. it's so much harder you know and sometimes you're like I don't care and then you something oh yeah you booked it you're like ah oh, okay yeah there's some that you're like okay if you don't get like there's some that I'm like at peace with and then there's some yeah. that I'm like, oh, come on, please. Like, this is... This yes, is I'll do anything. Yeah, like, literally take my soul, do what you need. Yeah. Like, I want to do Listen, you don't even need to get me a costume. I have the jeans. I have the white <laughs> button-down shirt. I have the cowboy boots. You don't need to get anything. I'm here. This is I'll run your social media for you. I'll bring you cups of coffee. Let <laughs> me in. <laughs> please. It's so funny. I feel like I don't really ever talk about really wanting a part, but that was like, please, I need it. I need it. But yeah, well, I haven't heard anything, so that was okay. <laughs> hey, was all right. don't worry about not hearing because you oh. never know. Why? You never know. 
Uh, two jobs that I've had recently, the musical that I had, I auditioned for that company over a year ago. Auditioned for them, did a self-tape, never heard anything. A year later, they get back in touch. We've got something we think you might be right for. Can you do this tape by tomorrow? So on the Monday, they sent me that email after a year of not having anything. They sent me an email. I did the tape the next morning, the day after I booked the job. And it was like, and the company who I just worked for at the weekend did an amazing cheer event with them, auditioned for them a long time ago. Um, didn't didn't get that show, but then got this job with them. And there have been casting directors that I've written to years ago or like been on a production with and I gave them my email and my headshot and all that. And then didn't hear anything for like two years. And then they just messaged me, oh, we have something for you. And you're like, so just trust that everything goes full circle. Everything will come when it's going to come. But if you don't hear, like, don't be disheartened because you still got your face in front of them. And they may not have been able to reply to you or think you're right for this. But the next time they have something, they might be like, oh, we really love that girl. Let's bring her in. Exactly. I totally agree with you. So when you reach out to your casting directors, do you email them? Like when you graduated college, did you just email all the casting directors and you're like, hi, I'm Bethany. I'm Or did you like wait till you were working kind of in the business a little more and then reach out to the casting? Well, firstly, at first, I didn't think that was an option. I didn't think you could approach people. I thought, you know, it's just like cold calling. I didn't think they'd appreciate it. But um, it wasn't until like two years later that I watched a casting director on social media talking about it. And they were like, my job is to know as many actors as possible. So like, I won't take the time to reply because I get thousands of emails. But if you email me with your stuff, as long as it's got a CV, a headshot and some showreel so I can actually see what you do, you go on my database. And that makes my life so much easier. And then I just type in Midlands actress, ginger hair, and then they'll come up, you know? And it's just really, really interesting to hear that it was actually helpful for them because they needed to know as many people as possible to potentially bring in. Yeah, Um, right. And that they wouldn't take the time to reply. But I've only ever emailed casting directors that I have a link with. I try and avoid... I mean, there are some that I've got in the back of my head who I really want to reach out to. Um, because I love their work and stuff, but I'm I'm trying to authentically find the ways to to do it so that I'm more than just a template email. That's kind of like they get loads of. Um, I try and make sure I've either connected with them through socials and maybe we've done each other a favor, like I've helped them out in some way, and then said, okay, thank you um for wanting me. If you ever need any help again, I'm here. Also, here's here's my stuff as an actor. just in case you need it um and then like if I've ever worked on a production even if it's as a supporting artist or an extra you know you see the call sheet you see their email take a little photo of it go away write them an email thank you so much for having me on this project I know I was only a supporting artist on this but I really enjoyed my time I'm also an actor here's all my stuff if you ever need anyone please call me in like I always try and do it in a way that's 
authentic or if I've self-taped for anyone previously, be like, look, you recalled me for this. I loved working with you. Just a reminder that I'm here. I've got an updated showreel. You know, those kind of things. I always try and do it with people who I've got genuine connections with. So they associate me with something rather than it just being another face and another name. I think that's so great. Absolutely. Because then you're like, oh, yeah, I do remember her. Or, oh, like it kind of gives you an, an, a, a little gateway of, yeah. yeah, she's not just this random girl just saying, hey, I would love to be submitted for this. Yeah, exactly. I feel like it's so much easier if you've already got like a, even if it's the smallest little connection in the world, if you can just plug that then they'll be like, oh, there's relevance here rather than me pitching myself to someone I don't know. It's just, I just find it easier and more comfortable. Not that there's anything wrong with writing one, especially if you're going to be specific about, look, I love your work. I've loved this, this, and this project. I feel I could be someone you could bring in for this because this is my skills. Here's my CV. Here's my showreel. You know, there's nothing wrong with that if you're doing it personally, but I feel like if you've always got those connections those like personal ins with people use them because that's yes. the networking bit that we bang on about that's how you network effectively is using those connections not abusing connections Ooh. mic drop boom that was a new one yeah that was good <laughs> oh, I'm glad I got yeah. that on tape because I'm never going to come up with one of those again probably so that was Glad we got that on, on film. There's proof that that came out of my mouth first. You did good. You did good. <laughs> Hashtag Beth 2023. Anyway. Right. <laughs> I can't. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, dear. That's what happens when you just want to help, help supporting actors. You just come up with some fun things to say. I think I make it up all the time, but sometimes they actually sound like they should be right. So that's what we're going to go with. Most of them are. But yeah, I mean, there is a thing of like, people are like, oh, use your connections. But there is a definite difference, I feel, between using and just like overdoing it and being a bit too cheeky and pushing the boundary. And you got to know where the line is. And, uh, you know, there's so many people that... Um, schmooze and like I don't want to use this term but um I'm going to try and find a different way to word it because there's one that's coming to mind but I don't really want to say that uh but there's people who very much cozy up and big people up and it's not that they're celebrating them it's that they're doing it in hope of something coming back and they're just kind of showing that they have that connection and I think you know that's abusing the connection yeah. But if you're actually using it and you're actually sending them a message off, I'm so happy for you. I'm so proud. Like, and genuinely are being happy in their success and you're not looking for anything. You're not fishing for anything. You're genuinely doing things to help each other out to make this industry easier. Then things come back to you full circle. So that's like doing the networking thing, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a point. Cause people are like, oh, you know, just see if, they're your old teachers just see if they'll let you in I'm like yeah that's that's not you know I haven't spoken to them in three years I'm not gonna be like oh by the way I know you're now casting the show can you can you see me um there's a difference between like you know doing it that what I consider to be the authentic and genuine way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I try and be considerate of that yeah 
Absolutely. And be organic through that situation and not pushy. Because also you see through it. Like there's some people that have messaged me after like four years of not speaking to me and being like, oh, hi, Beth. Hope you're okay. By the way, can you share this for me? And I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) by the way. It's a little awkward. It's a little comfy. Yeah. And it's like, clearly you just want this. You've not even asked me how I am. You've just been like, maybe, you know, I don't know. Sometimes they don't even say, hope you're okay. It's just like, hi, Beth. Haven't spoken in ages. Would you mind sharing this? And you know, and you're like, you, but I'm fine, by the way. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Um, you know, uh, not right now. It's not really appropriate for my audience, but, um, you know. Thank you so much. Thanks anyway. Yeah, so or it just stays in like the unread request because we haven't spoken in four years so it's not like you're going to be at the top of the inbox um yeah yeah so I think you see through I think people see through it you know so you've got to do it in a way that's authentic and genuinely networking that works not just putting yourself pushing yourself on people (laughs) yeah I agree that's that's a good thing though I think everyone can do that yeah. So, if you have the option to do that, just don't make it feel clingy. Yeah. Yeah, make genuine connections with people. Be interested in them. Be That's why I always say when you're writing to someone, yes, say, you know, why you love them and why you're specifically writing to them, but also what you feel you can bring to them so that they actually have a win out of the situation. And it's not just you being like, I really like you please I think you're brilliant please 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 you know it's just um and people really think that schmoozing people is going to work and it's like honey they see through it like they love the fact that you're bigging them up to high heaven and tagging them all the time in their social media you know that you're proud of them and you love them and you know they love it but it doesn't mean it's going to get you anywhere yeah yeah no I, I I can agree to that for sure there's a way isn't there Mm-hmm. and I think sometimes it, it devalues you if you're just being schmoozy rather than actually businessy do you know what I mean it's like marketing isn't it and you're really good at knowing your value because you you had a contract recently where they were trying to pay you less and you were like no this is this is what I deserve right oh yeah yeah we I got something and the pay was really good and then I was talking to I think just like an assistant and she was like hey so you'll do this um we'll pay you this and it was a, like a lot less than what I was promised and I didn't know what to do and I was like as an actor you should be so grateful for getting for them wanting you and for you booking something, you should, and that's what you're told. Like, you should be so grateful that they want you. And don't be, um, don't be hard. Don't be annoying. Don't be, difficult. Um, don't ask too many questions. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't really know what to do. Like, do I, I'm really grateful for this, but I took this job because I wanted this pay and what I'm doing and what they want me to do is not a lot, but it's something where I'm like, I should be paid more for that. And I know my value. And I was like, okay, so I've done all this stuff before. So I, 
have history in this. And I finally just emailed them. It was like a three word, like, Hey, I actually saw, um, thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm so excited to work with you guys, but I did see on the actors, um, access that it was this price, um, that I'd be getting this, this amount. And, but you said this and like, just want to clarify. And she was like, Oh my God. And I was so nervous to send this because of everything we just said. And I just sent it. I'm like, you know what? Who cares? Like if they say no, then no, and just move on. Or you just do it for the less, the less amount of money. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Total uh, mess up on our part. Yes. We'll give you the bigger amount. So I was like, okay, great. So amazing. Yeah, I didn't really, and from her from her side, I don't think it was like she was annoyed with me asking for that because she said, "Oh, it's such an honest mistake. So sorry about that." Whatever. So I'm happy I did that because you have to know your worth, and yeah, I mean, like they want you too. Like it's not just you want to book something, but they want you as well, so they will do things for you. Yeah. If you're going to give them the good content or the good stuff. Absolutely. And it is 100% about knowing your worth. And I'm so proud of you for like sticking to your guns. Because I know it's so not easy because you're told all the time, oh, don't be difficult. Don't, you know, ask questions like you said. Yes. But, so it gets it gets in your head all that like training of the, all those voices going around. But you, you need to know your worth and like no other business would it be acceptable to be like that you know unless you're devaluing your service or wanting those lower budget customers like you work hard you have trained for years and just because you enjoy it it doesn't mean you shouldn't get paid less for it like you're a business and you've got a certain skill set and that's why they're employing you for this so they need to pay you the proper amounts exactly and I mean it's like if you came to me with what I just said and I would have been like oh my god no brainer ask them like you have to yeah why is it different for me than it is for me telling you like what you think the right thing is also I feel like since the pandemic people have become more aware of a paying people better but being more understanding and knowing that there's a cost of living because <laughs> loads of people in the industry had to pick up other jobs to survive. So I think now they're really more accepting of you needing money and understand that and are hopefully moving in the right direction. But even with like auditions and stuff, knowing that you're missing um, or like you've got other things to go away to, like maybe a side hustle that you do in an evening, like getting you away earlier because they know you've got to go make money. Like, so many things have changed. And if you just ask, they're more than accommodating because they understand the demand on yes. performers. So if you say, I mean, one of my friends messaged me earlier, like, oh, I've got two auditions on the same day. I don't know what to do. One's a recall, one's a first round. I was like, speak to the first round people. Say you've got a recall. Tell them that you'd love to work with them. The contracts are not going to clash. So you don't want to miss this opportunity. You'd love to be seen by them. Can you send in some great self-tapes? Can you, like, just to see. And that also makes you, that you just branded yourself for being a working act, like a busy actor. Yeah. And and when something like that happens, they want you. Yeah. You're in demand. Like, you that's a business tactic that right there, isn't it? Like the limited yeah. edition stuff, you know, that 
the increase of demand for it. Yeah. So it's, I was like, speak to them because, you know, people are actually more accommodating now than ever before. And if you stand up and stand your ground, nine times out of 10, they're going to cave. So, and if they don't, that that's, you know, a sign. Either you don't work for them or you, or you change what you're doing and change what you think about it. But um, I think it's important to know your value, know your worth. And if you've got other things, just say, or if you yeah. need more money, you say, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they can only say no. Yeah. And like now looking back, it's like, why is it so big of a deal to like ask for something that seems so silly? Yeah. Cause I know if I'd have said it, you'd have definitely been like, Beth, no, tell them. Yeah. Right. Sorry. But that's also our people pleaser problem. That we are yeah, like we absolutely. are like we don't ever want to be that difficult or hard work or like we just want to make people happy and do our job and be happy and uh but there's a point where people are push it, so you gotta you gotta make that line. I'm not saying that's what they were doing for for sure, you know, it sounds like a mistake, but um sometimes people will push to see what they can get. So know your value, stick to it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah yeah absolutely Spencer I have loved as I do every single month talking to you it's been an incredible chat and I can't wait for next month what month are we in now April April yeah well, this is kind of like March's recap because we always I talk forgot. about what's just happened in the last month um but yeah we're in April we'll be back in May with another one of summarizing all the chaos that's happened this month which we haven't even gotten into so um yeah thank you so much for taking the time you're amazing we appreciate you always know your worth and Spencer thank you so much for coming on and best of luck with the shoot for Limelight Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for our next one to hang out. (laughs) Thank you to everyone who's been listening at home. I've been your co-host, Bethany Unwin. And I'm Spencer Martinez. And we'll see you next time on the next episode of Performer Talks. Bye.